0: Tomorrow night, kick to me radio da 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 Tomorrow night, geek to me radio
1: da 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 da
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome geeks and nerds, girls and boys to a brand new edition of Geeks Me Radio. Today we'll be joined by the marketing guru behind Marcus theaters and movie Tavern Brett Hoffman talking all things movies for the first part of the show. Later on we'll have the Bond Bonds from St. Louis here talking about their upcoming James Bond burlesque show, The Bond Bonds and how you can get tickets Stand by.
3: We're talking TV, comics and movies
0: and video games And if you don't know, Star Trek and Star Wars! We'll try to explain The Munch of Doctors for all the chances one ring rolls them all To be the greatest Pokemon master You must catch
2: Driving around the greater St. Louis area right now, hearing us on the big 550 KTRS. Thank you for tuning in on this Sunday. If you're watching the stream live on, if I get the cameras right here, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, hello to you. And if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on itunes or wherever you're getting your podcasts from thank you for finding us and hopefully subscribing there leaving us a five-star review we have a full show tonight and my next guest is one you're very familiar with because he is with marcus theaters one of the official sponsors of geek me radio and he's one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to movies who i know mr brett hoffman brett how are you i'm doing great james good good uh lot to talk about because i think last time we had you on black widow hadn't even come out yet And now I feel like we're almost, almost back to normal with kind of like a summer blockbuster season. It's been a really good time uh, at the movie theaters.
3: Yeah, most certainly. The big screen is back. We have seen since Memorial Day weekend a steady lineup of good Hollywood films that have been coming out. And people have been coming to the movies to see these films. So a lot of great things to talk about and a lot of great things for people to see at the theaters.
2: And I know uh, the box office results are in for the 23rd through 25th. Um, old did better than I thought it was going to do. I think it did about 16.5 million.
3: Yeah, old did 16.5 million, and Snake Eyes followed it with 13.3 million this past weekend. A little under expectations of what they thought those films were going to be. I think they had them pegged at about 18 million apiece. Hmm. And then Black Widow came in 11.6, and then Space Jam also had a pretty deep dive. Uh, from its first week of release. It had about 70% dip this weekend, and it brought in about $9.6 million.
2: And I know, that, like, we we experienced that second weekend drop-off. We saw it hugely. Uh, I can think of the, the most big one I saw was Batman versus Superman took a huge tank on the second weekend. But it's very interesting because uh, I know you might be able to speak to this a little bit. Uh, the National Association of Theater Owners has come out, and they're not really happy with, let's say, the current way things are being done?
3: Well, most certainly we can see with Black Widow and Space Jam, you can look at the numbers. Both of them experienced about a a 70% decline going from week one and week two during those weekends. You know, you can look at the numbers and let them be what you – you you can interpret them how you will. My role right now in both my personal life and my professional life is – advocating for the big screen, which has always been an important part of going out and seeing a movie. And since my teens, I've been working in the exhibition business. I've been in this business for over 25 years, and I can tell you that I've been consuming movies both at home and both in the theaters over the past year and a half, sometimes out of necessity, sometimes out of curiosity. And not surprisingly, I think anyone would agree with me that There is a special place and a special moment when you're seeing movies on the big screen. There are things you certainly just can't replicate. The big screen, the big cinema sound, the great popcorn, although I've really tried to replicate it at home, and just that escape you get at a theater. So naturally, I believe that the big screen experience is what you want to get to when trying to watch some of these big films. And I think that this is going to shake out and, of course, a lot of people have told us that they think movies would have been dead when VHS came out, when when certain pay-per-view on cable came out, when a lot of other things came sure. out. But I think the big screen is alive and well. It's going to keep kicking. And this is just a temporary time where people are trying to shake out and see what's going on, of course, post-pandemic. Uh, obviously, everyone can read the statement that NATO put out and what's been going on with the studios and the exhibitors. I just can tell everyone there's a place in my heart. And think about your be- your favorite movie moments and think about when they took place. And I bet for a lot of everyone out there, it's in a movie theater and not at home.
2: Yeah, I would have to concur. Uh, there's uh, you, you and I have talked about this before. There's no way, even, no matter what your sound system or setup or screen, if you have know, a private screening room in your house. It's never going to recreate and capture that magic, you know, like we've talked about before when that hammer whips into Captain America's hand on opening night when you're seeing it with like 120 other people at Avengers Endgame. That just, that can't be recreated at home.
3: Yeah, most certainly not. And if you take a look, we've been talking about this summer. I've watched all these summer blockbusters, some at home and some, but all of them at the theater. And I will tell you, there is definitely a big difference. I know we're going to talk about Black Widow coming up. That movie was definitely an experience that was meant for the big screen. And a lot of these movies are like that way as well. So I'd encourage everyone to go out, support their local theater, check out these movies in the big screen, and I think you'll see that there's definitely a difference and something you may have been missing if you haven't been to the theater in quite some time.
2: I agree. Um, G.I. Joe, I know this was... uh, Some people were kind of worried it was going to be an X-Men Origins Wolverine kind of situation where it's got the title, but it kind of does not live up to the expectations of the fans i've heard very mixed reviews some people have loved it some people have hated it and larry hama who is the godfather of gi joe arguably on his facebook page said he thinks it's brilliant uh some of the fans have not been as kind but what were your uh, thoughts on this one
3: well let me tell you i think this movie will be more appreciated as more people go to see it i really enjoyed the movie even though it did a somewhat disappointing $13.3 million this past weekend when it was supposed to do around eighteen, I really thought the movie was good. And I think overall, audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes kind of are consistent with my thoughts on this. It's a really good origin story, and it certainly can springboard us into the next reboot of G.I. Joe films. Yeah. Henry, you know Henry Golding does a great job as Snake Eyes. I think the problem with Henry Golding is is that people really don't perceive him as an action star because for most people they think of him from Crazy Rich Asians and some of the other drama type movies that he's been in. But um, overall, I thought this movie had some great elements to it, including three strong female co-stars that really made this picture worth talking about. What the criticisms are, James, here is that there are some of the movie that are a bit clunky. There's some plot holes in it. But overall, they were really trying to go for a smarter script than some of the previous G.I. Joe installments. And I think while there were some stumbles, overall, it was a great movie. And my only criticism was there were some fantasy elements here, which I thought were out of place for the movie they put on screen. Mm. But maybe for the cartoon or the comics those would have been very appropriate. For instance, I'm not spoiling anything, but there is a point in the movie where the movie features some giant, almost Harry Potter-like anacondas (laughs) that just don't seem to have the CGI polish that they need to be believable. Hmm. But overall, I mean, the movie is definitely terrific, kind of setting us up and going forward. And I actually was very impressed to see kind of towards the end of the movie, where they were leading it. My only hope is they could come back together if they are going to do some more G.I. Joel films and bring more of the classic characters back because I think that was the challenge here. First of all, I don't know how many people were screaming for this Snake Eyes origin story. Right. Because, frankly, for me, I always liked the mystique of Snake Eyes and not exactly knowing everything that went on with this character. And I think you got to be very careful with origin stories because sometimes you may reveal something that contradicts what someone had built up in their heads or thought on their own. And sometimes you're just revealing too much versus it. It's nice to keep things in the shadows and nice to keep some of those ideas kind of secret from the audience. But overall I'd recommend to people go out and see this film. It is definitely a smarter GI Joe film. It sets it up really nice. And there's some great performance in here In, in particular, um, Samara Weaving, who's scarlet. She's perfect. And then there's this woman called Ursula Corbero. She's the Baroness, and she really shines. And you may recognize her if you've been streaming a series called Money Heist on Netflix over the past year, past couple years, actually. She's Tokyo on that Netflix series, Money Heist. She's a Spanish star that's breaking out, and she does very well in this particular role and I hope we see her in some more mainstream domestic films as well, because she's just terrific in this one.
2: Yeah, and Samara Weaving, I loved her in Ready or Not. Uh, that was a film that kind of took me by surprise, which I really enjoyed quite a bit, um, and it, I did not know that was her, her as Scarlet until you pointed it out, so I did. She's, she's very good as well.
3: Yeah, and that one was a, a good surprise hit of the past couple of years, as, as you said, so I think she's got a bright future. I hope she can come back as Scarlet, because... To tell you the truth, I thought those two possibly made the picture for me. It just <laughs> completed the picture. And I actually thought that maybe Paramount made a mistake by not putting more of a foot forward with that story. I understand you've got Henry Gold you've got Snake Eyes. That's the main point of the picture. But some of the marketing could have featured these two ladies and, and a few other plot elements that I think might have helped got – kind of that mainstream audience into the fold that weren't hardcore G.I. Joel fans.
2: And then we touched on it in the very beginning when we started talking this hour about Black Widow. And I've I've told people, I said, Black Widow knocked Ant-Man out of my top five favorite Marvel movies. Now I was blown away by how good it was. It was a lot of fun. It was a uh, kind of, it had elements of Captain America, Winter Soldier, that, that Cold War spy type thing. And for me, it just hit on all the right notes. What were your thoughts?
3: You know, this was the best movie that I've definitely seen all summer. It's probably the best movie that I've seen in 2021, right behind Corella, which I really enjoyed. Yes. Um, it had exactly what I'm looking for in a Marvel movie in terms of great action and a stellar plot. Um, I think for the mainstream audience, what was, what was going on here, though, is it's really challenging at the time they put out this movie. Because I think for a lot of people, if they would have put this movie out a couple years ago, it would have made more sense to them. I think the other thing that was challenging when you're going for a mainstream audience that's trying to go watch this movie is, basically, it's Natasha and her family, mm-hmm. but there aren't as many other, well, there aren't any other Avengers as you might see in some of these other movies. Right. So I think people people have been getting spoiled with the Avengers, with <laughs> Captain America Civil War, with the Hulk movies, with all of these I mean, sorry, with the Thor movies with all of these different characters either making cameos or being significant parts of the story in those films. Um, But I think like you, I thought very smart as a standalone film. And the only thing I had going against it was the timing. I could have gone for this. I wish it was almost released after Captain America civil war. So we could just roll right into infinity war with them being released in continuity. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what you thought about that, but that's the only thing for me. It was just kind of, oddly placed, being released in the summer of 2021.
2: Yeah, I was I was chatting with somebody else, and they said, well, this is a movie that doesn't need to be made. And I said, no, it's a movie that should have been made five years ago. It's not that it, it I, I can see why some people are like, well, we know she's dead, what's the point? But we do get that backstory that she's deserved ever since 2012's Avengers, and the fact that it was done so well, it was you could literally sit down at home, watch, you know, put in the DVD or the Blu-ray and watch, Captain America Civil War, Black Widow, and Avengers Infinity War in that order and it'd it'd be a perfect trilogy almost.
3: Oh, most certainly. And and as we talked about earlier in the program, this was a movie that was just dynamite to watch on screen. Yeah. At least on the big screen in a movie theater. So this was another one where I just enjoyed going in there, immersing myself, having that escape. And even though this was a story that was kind of a middle story, um, for me... You could watch the standalone. You could watch it as someone that's watched every single Marvel film. And I think it's a testament to Marvel by the fact that pretty much everything they put out, even if they miss, they don't miss by much. This one certainly didn't miss. But it holds true that whether you're watching a Marvel film or whether you're watching one of these series like WandaVision or Loki, you're going to have a great time watching this because they understand characters and they understand how to make something entertaining better than pretty much anyone else in the business.
2: I agree. And I know it, it feels like we're in that weird, it's almost summer's almost over, but there's still summer left. Uh, we've got some movies coming out still. Uh, Jungle Cruise, Suicide Squad, Free Guy, uh, Respect, starring Jennifer Hudson, which sounds uh, really good. Paw Patrol, The Protégé, Candyman. It's kind of getting into that horror season. What What of these uh, movies do you think you would look forward to the
3: most out of this group? <laughs> Well, most certainly, I think next week you're going to see Jungle Cruise It's Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt. I think it's going to be very enjoyable. I think it's going to have legs that takes us through at, at least through Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings comes out on Labor Day weekend. I, I think you could see this one be another Jumanji-like franchise with mm. more movies coming out. Based upon this title of Jungle Cruise, I think with those two in this, um, you won't see you you won't be disappointed when you go to the movies. It's it's scheduled to make about thirty to thirty-five million. Oh. May overperform that next next week, but we'll see. But I think that's going to be a very fun movie. The other one I think people should look at is Free Guy. This is getting some great response right now. And Ryan Reynolds looks great in this one. He says this is the most immersed in any character, or any production he's been since the original Deadpool. Oh wow! You know, he starts as a bank teller who's suddenly aware that he's part of this open world video game. And there's some great elements here and scenes that remind me a little bit of Ready Player One, which is one of my favorite movies of the past few years. Um, but there's much more comedy in this one. And I think Ryan Reynolds does that very well. So I think this is going to surprise a lot of people and just be a fun movie. That's released on August 13th. So you're going to have Jungle Cruise on the 30th. You're going to have Suicide Squad on August 6th. And then you're going to have Free Guy on August 13th. So these next three weeks are going to be absolutely terrific uh, for people to go out and watch films at their local movie theater.
2: And in just a few minutes we have left, I know uh, coming, if we look a little bit further down the road, you mentioned Shang-Chi coming on September the 3rd. The Dune remake, um, and I, I'm assuming it is a remake of the uh, previous Dune, uh, October 22nd. And I can't believe October 22nd is coming up as quickly as it actually is. And finally, Ghostbusters Afterlife on November 12th. What are your thoughts on those?
3: All right, well, Dune, the early footage looks absolutely amazing. I think they're doing a great job marketing this picture. Uh, I think the only thing we have to look at is that, remember, is this just something that Dune fans are going crazy for, or does this have crossover? Yeah. We've seen films that were very cult-like successful in the 1980s not do so well when they were re-released. You can look at Blade Runner from 2049. You can look at Tron Legacy. Well, I thought it was a spectacular picture. It might not have hit Disney's expectations, at least initially, when it came to making money at the box office. But this one looks stellar visually. And if you talk to any Dune fan, they'll tell you that there wouldn't be a Star Wars without Dune. Right. And I'm hoping we see something absolutely spectacular here because they certainly have done their job getting a great pedigree of talent involved in this film. So I think we have something to look forward to there. In terms of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which comes out in November, I'm pumped about this, this, you know, picture. I love the initial footage and the angle that they have here of passing the torch to a younger generation. Mm-hmm. They tried it with Ghostbusters in 2016 with an all-female cast. And while I know they tried and they had a lot of great people involved in that, it just did not work. I think this, it's great that they're taking another shot here to rekindle this passion that all of us had after we see that original 1984 film. (laughs) So I like the fact that they're taking another shot at this. I think the way they're doing it is appropriate, and I'm really looking forward to that film when it comes out in early November.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be one to watch for sure. It's coming out at the perfect time, I think. Uh, It's just great to have movies back because I know, again, that's something I've always lamented throughout the course of the show is that one of the biggest things I missed during COVID was the ability to go to the movie theaters um, and that's one of the things I love because you guys, when you open back up, you open back up safely and smartly. You had the social distancing, masks when you weren't eating or drinking in your seats. You put the extra safety measures and the cleaning, and that's none, none of that has changed, too. People think, oh, well, COVID's becoming more of a problem, less of a problem. You guys are still keeping it at that same level in the theaters.
3: Well, most certainly we, we apply by all local mandates, so you'll find that uh, we, we basically run our theater's, as appropriate for the local mandates that you would find at any other place doing business indoors. But obviously the cleanliness factor is there. We have new new filtration systems for our air quality. And basically what we're trying to do is just make sure people are safe and they're confident when they go back to the movies. But I think anyone that comes to our theaters will feel that they're definitely safe and comfortable in our environment. And definitely I think we'll be reminded of why you want to watch a movie on the big screen Um, after you see some of these great movies like we just talked about, whether it's Snake Eyes, which I would encourage people to go see, whether it's Black Widow, which you and I agree we thought was one of the best movies of this summer, if not the best movie this summer, or anything else that we just talked about.
2: And before I let you go, too, i got to say we've had a couple people have already talked to me about they've gotten the private theaters from Marcus and they've loved it. You're able to sit there with 20 of your closest friends and watch one of the movies that you pick out. Uh, Those I would think, just from word of mouth that I've heard, those are going really well for Marcus Theaters, the private theater rentals, correct?
3: Oh, most certainly. You know, these were very popular early in the year. Now, admittedly, because mo- regular movies are doing so well, we don't have as much inventory for Marcus Private Cinema right now. However, go to com slash private cinema. If you go early, meaning a couple weeks early, You'll be able to see a ton of content there that you'll be able to reserve that private cinema for. Those who have experienced it and those that have reserved these private cinema experiences absolutely love it. And we're finding them doing it over and over again. And let me tell you, it is a great treat for someone. Maybe you want to see the Suicide Squad with just 20 of your friends. Maybe you want to see a Free Guy with just a few of your friends and just have a great experience. Or maybe just a special date night or someone in anniversary go to com slash private cinema. Uh, I think you'll find that the prices for renting a private cinema are very affordable and it's overall just a great experience for people. So if anyone else hasn't checked that out, um, it is something to do for a special occasion.
2: And I would also recommend everyone listening, download the Marcus theaters app for your smartphone. That way you can, if you're out and about, you can quickly pull up a location close to where you are. You can get your tickets and concessions through the app and they'll be ready and waiting for you when you arrive. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you online, Marcus Theaters online, and more information and Twitter and social media handles.
3: Sure, you can check us out at MarcusTheaters.com and you can check us out on Facebook. Just go and find Marcus Theaters on Facebook. That's at Marcus Theaters. And it's at Marcus underscore theaters on Twitter. Just go check us out there and also download that mobile app, as you said. Over the past year, one of the greatest things that we've done at that mobile app is incorporated ordering all your food and beverage on the app to make it just a much easier and convenient experience for going to the movies. People that try it, they love it. So download that mobile app, check us out on our website, and then check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and, uh, and we'll all have a great time at the movies because now is just a spectacular time with all the different films that Hollywood's releasing – and will until the end of the year. It's going to be an absolutely spectacular run in fall and winter as well.
2: I cannot wait. Uh, Brett Hoffman, as always, is a great pleasure to have you on. Thank you for your knowledge and your time tonight, and we'll hopefully have you back on again very soon. Thanks, James. Have a great night. You too. And again, make sure you download that Marcus Theaters app. That is the best way to make sure you get your tickets, make sure you're going to the right location, the website marcustheaters.com, of course will allow you to uh, find the one closest to you and do the same thing if you're online want to do it that way we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back with the Bonbons talking about their upcoming show so please stand by
1: Hey, this is John Heater. I played Napoleon Dynamite and other unforgettable characters, and you're listening to geek to me Radio. I guess it's a pretty good station. I've never heard of it or anything.
2: And we're back live on the Big 550 KTRS, celebrating their 25th year on the air. It's amazing. Um, those of you listening, Geeks Me Radio, we do a live show here in St. Louis all about pop culture. And that covers a lot of ground, pop culture. And, of course, we had the people from the James Bond lexicon in, uh, on the radio with us. What was that, Joey, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. And James Bond obviously fits Nets, movies. So in studio with us right now, we have Dixie Denier and we have Shaza. is it the last, uh, Shazza Dasla? Dazla, okay, Shaza Dazzla. okay, all right. Now I'm pronouncing it right. So yes, um, so we've got both of you here talking about an upcoming James Bond themed burlesque show. So uh, what was well? First of all, talk about the troop, the Bonbons. Would everyone one of you would like to take that? Kind of tell us a little bit about the group.
0: Sure. <laughs> so the Bonbons. Um, I think this is our eleventh year technically. I believe it formed in 2010, and it. Started under the direction of Lola Vanella. If you're familiar with her, hmm. um, she used to be a really big deal here in St. Louis burlesque, but she's now moved to New Orleans. Um, but she had a studio, Vanella Studios, and many of the Bonbons went through her studio, uh, went through all the levels, and then we had our debut. And then she and in- she has invited each and every one of us personally to join the troupe. Hmm. But um, yeah, I believe the troupe. Hopefully I'm quoting the correct year on that. It formed about eleven years ago um, and I would say we've we've changed a lot since then mm-hmm. when the I think when the troupe first formed, it was more uh Lola was looking for good performers and they would be a part of big shows she would produce um but we however probably i would say in the last five years we've really branched out on our own and started producing our own shows hmm. outside of Lola. Um, and we've pretty much made the troupe like what we want it to be and um, offer a lot of variety with our performers. And we currently have seven active members, um, but we've performed in festivals all over the country. Wow. Uh, we used to have a monthly show at the Monocle when it was- In the before times. In the before times. <laughs> <laughs> we had a monthly show um, and now we're coming back and, you know, trying to find new venues to perform at. Mm-hmm. And um, this upcoming show is kind of our big first show. We did one show in May, mm-hmm. but I would definitely say this one is a huge undertaking for us.
2: <laughs> just logistically, as far as planning everything and finding the new space, or is that what big undertaking or is it just
1: with... All the other stuff. I think all of the elements involved. We're just, you know, we're start. Some of us are starting fresh with new acts. We're going to debut a lot. There's like going to be almost 100% new debut acts from each performer. Oh wow! Oh yeah! And it's they are all brand new. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely uh, new for some of us for this new venue. We're exploring Mm -hmm. uh, the new area where the venue is. We're like trying to play to all of our strengths and the new crowd and like kind of reemerging as the Bonbons Troop, this new iteration that we're kind of trying to push and explore. Um, we're just trying to further our crafts and mm-hmm. celebrate each other and bring a little bit of more live entertainment back to the St. Louis nightlife. Yeah. So, so
2: before I forget, because I'll end up forgetting by the time we get talking about all these other things, uh, we want to make sure we give out the way people can get tickets if they want to go to the show, which is coming up on
1: uh, August... August 6th. August 6th.
2: August 6th. And at
1: how- Red Flag. Red Flag, okay. Yeah, that's our venue. And you can find the tickets at etix.com. You can look for us as the Bonbons STL dot com mm-hmm. and you can look for us the bonbons on Facebook and the events should be pop up
0: yeah, for us. We have a Facebook event um, and we actually have a link to the, the show and the tickets on the bonbons STL dot com. So just launched that like, yeah, we just, a few we days just ago <laughs> that. Our, our
1: social media has been pretty robust throughout the whole quarantine stuff. We've really mm-hmm. tried to keep ourselves at least a little bit of a presence yeah. social media wise, like hey we're still here you guys. Yeah. We're still doing the things and uh, we've just been crafting along and Trying to make the best of it, you
2: know. Yeah. And we'll put a link to the website in our show notes, too. So if you're listening to this after the fact, if, you know, this has already been aired, you can go to the show notes and click on the link. Then I'll have a link to get the tickets for the show there as well. Um, the James Bond theme is what Dixie and I started talking about. She goes, Hey, you're a James <laughs> Bond fan, aren't you? I'm like, Yes, I am. So <laughs> with a name like James. You oh, have exactly. To be. You kind of have to be. That's my yeah. middle name is Bond. So <laughs> the the concept of doing James Bond, obviously, it's you've done different. Geek type nerd nerdlesk is what you called it. Yeah. So Nerd-less. what was the idea? Where where would the the idea for doing a James Bond theme? Where did that originate?
1: So uh, it came from me. Just yes. my definite deep love of James Bond. Okay. Long term fan. You know, Thirteen Days of Bond. I watched all thirteen. Um. So we're through every iteration of Bond. And um, one thing that struck me is how much diversity there is in the music in the soundtrack yes. and the theme to each Bond fill in each heroine, each each hero, each scene. There's just a lot of music to uh pull from, source material to pull from. And it made me think of the Bond Bonds, made me think of this troupe that we're so each one of us brings a different level of diversity, a different a different angle to whatever we craft and where we create. And so I felt like there's just such a wealth of music to pull from in the Bond world, Bond verse. That so, we can all find something to illustrate and and mm-hmm. cabbage onto and create an act from, so um, that's where the that's where the bond theme came from. It's like I'm like, we're
0: well, guys, we're gonna do this, <laughs> and she came up with this idea like at least two years ago. Yes, and we
1: just weren't in a place yeah. yet
0: to have it come to fruition. Yeah. It was always there though. It's like we got to get to that one day. Mm-hmm.
1: We just just knew that there was just enough that we mm-hmm. could all create something from. So what was obviously, you know, when I do
2: a show, I've got to have show prep. I got to look into my guests, have a, have an idea of what stuff they've done, things I want to talk about. So I assume it's no different when you're planning a burlesque show. You've got to kind of plan, out, OK, here's who we have. Here's what we want to cover. Here's what we're going to do. So talk a little bit about the planning session. Who ended up with, oh, I want Diamonds or Forever. or I want, you know, talk a little bit, if you could, about how the planning of this particular show went.
1: Well, I, I think it was just the pitch of hey, here's a concept, here's a wealth yeah. of music, dig down, see what speaks to you. Yeah, that's just, pretty much how we
0: do most shows. Mm-hmm. But in particularly this one, it was go listen to all the themes, find something you like. And, you know, some people knew right off the back what they wanted to do and what they were leaning towards. And others were, you know, having to feel that out and find what, what spoke to them more. But luckily, with, you know, seven people and 20-something-plus right. songs, it— You know, it worked out very well. Mm -hmm. I don't think really anyone fought
1: over the same stuff. No, and and there were, and there, because we come at all of us, our brains work differently, and we always come at at source material from whatever we feel about it. Some of us are not coming at it from a true, like, I'm a spy kind of on the nose trope. Some of us are looking at the feel mm-hmm. of the the piece. The, what kind the of act el- is this going to create yeah. for yep. me? And just the
2: timelines, because it goes from the 60s to mm-hmm. the 70s. The 80s, there's all the the, the yeah. styles of clothing and everything. The music changed each time. So mm-hmm. that, that's a really rich playground to be in, I would think. It yeah, is. It, it
1: really was. And it's, it's just been really great to see how everyone, the evolution of these ideas and how people have taken their their idea and just ran with it and, um, and
0: what they're good at too and mm-hmm. how they've been able to work it into the, the act concept in the music. Mm-hmm.
2: So the, obviously there's uh, the James Bond, there's always the danger, there's the, you know, the knife throwing, there's the, the villains are always kind mm-hmm. of funny, but there's, mm-hmm. and you mentioned on your flyer that you sent me, there's some simulated gunplay, things like that, just to let people know. So mm-hmm. anybody, anybody throwing any knives, is there any kind of juggling of knives or anything fun like well... that? Can you give anything
1: away? I literally am. I uh, I have an extensive skill background um and uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of sword play. Ooh. Um so, um, She just a particular set of skills. I have a particular <laughs> set of skills, Mr. Bond. Excellent.
2: So it'll be you'll so some of these might be partners too. You'll have two or three people on stage. It's not each one is a solo act with each no, person. No, we
0: definitely it's not uh, just a show full of solos. This mm-hmm. we, we definitely have group numbers. Mm-hmm. Um we have I don't Again, I don't want to give too much yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But, but uh, yes.
1: as <laughs> through the evolution of the Bond bonds, we have really played into that old school vaudeville mm-hmm. multidisciplinary, multi-aspect of entertainment. So there's going to be elements of comedy, there're going to be elements of theatrics. There's going to be elements of, you know, uh more emotional aspects of the the Bond verse and how yeah. we're going to portray it and how we're going to pay homage to those kinds of themes. I think so, we're hitting
0: on just about everything, everything you can from a James Bond movie. This troupe is so <laughs>
1: talented with everything that they can pull from, um, all the skills. We've got skilled aerialists. We've got skilled performers, singers, dancers, mm-hmm. pub, you know accomplished actresses, dancers. So it's going to be a very—it's got depth.
0: Yeah. A we just came from a rehearsal tonight, and I think we all, like, at the end of it, were like, this is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Like—
1: it's gonna be it gets, to, we,
0: it gets to a point that in the rehearsal where you're like, "See, either ain't coming together right. or it is. And we were like, No, we're feeling good about this. Mm-hmm. This is this is gonna be a fantastic show. It was a big click for tonight. I really came yeah. away with a big click. Absolutely.
2: And my executive producer, Joey V and I were talking about James Bond before, and he mentioned that he just saw Goldfinger with his grandfather, and there's that the tongue in cheek kind of spoof that you kind of get from those old ones, and then straight into like almost straight up humor with Roger Moore. And mm-hmm. then now it's we're talking about how it's very dark and gritty with Daniel Craig. So I'm assuming the acts yeah. will reflect a little bit of that feeling of the different eras of the movies too,
1: yeah? Mm-hmm. I I think so. I think so too. It's and it's and it's going to be each performer and how they highlight um how they came into their element of the bond verse how they came and arrived to their creative point.
0: And to add to that, it will be a bit of surprise even among the group because we haven't seen ah. each other's acts mm-hmm. or okay. solos. Like we only know like the group stuff, but as far as our solos we're all going to be we're in, in the dark. We're we, in store for surprises with each fun other. We, you guys though, it is. We do, it is. Really it's. Do. It's like a. It's. I mean, no one is to be like a proud mom, but it is a moment <laughs> of pride when you look at your fellow troop members and you're like, look at what they're doing right now. This is incredible, and mm-hmm. I love them even
1: more. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that we love is about with celebrating yeah. each other. Yeah.
0: Cool. yeah, and that's
2: kind of. I, I guess it's a very freeing thing to do what you do to begin with, but then have to, all this fun with it, doing the different nerdlesk type Mm -hmm. of themes that you guys do incorporating Mm -hmm. that it's just got to be it's i I don't want to call it a hobby because it you get it's a it's a profession Mm -hmm. but
1: is it really like work (laughs) i mean sometimes i mean (laughs) can we talk about how many hours yeah hours and hours of costume construction and
0: we're not getting paid for all the costume work and choreography choreography behind rehearsals but i mean yes we are being paid to perform but Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I won't lie, it does feel like work, but then when, you know, that show comes together and once you perform, you're like, it was all worth it. And then you watch your,
1: we watch each other perform and we see each other being our craft. We just get, I know it's an elation for me to watch Mm -hmm. these beautiful humans just do whatever they do in as hard as they can. (laughs) It makes my heart happy. Makes my nerd heart happy.
2: Very cool. And we're going to talk some more. We'll get into some details. Uh, if you have a question for the Bonbons, you can shoot us a text on the KTRS. Text line 84126. We're going to take this next commercial break. We'll come right back chatting more about all things Bond with the Bonbons. Stand by.
1: Hi, this is Leslie Ann Brunt. I play Mazakin on Lucifer, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio.
2: All right, ladies, let's give it a shake, shall we? <laughs>
0: Aaron.
2: It's always shaken, not stirred. For uh, poor. and just if the FCC is watching or even from KTRS, it is just water for me. But kind of the aesthetic of it all.
0: Yes. Cheers, and my, my poor man, fake. <laughs> martini glass because my martini
2: glass broke oh no that's all right <laughs> you got real olives which i didn't want to put olives yes. in water because i thought green olives and water is kind of sounds we, horrible so we I do know. have
0: real olives at least mm-hmm. real
2: olives. so we were talking obviously if you're just now tuning in we've got the bonbons in studio and we're talking about their upcoming show uh james bond themed show the bond bonds and we'll have the ticket link in our show notes but we're going to talk a little bit about some James Bond trivia, just some very light things, just to kind of see because you guys said you've been studying, so I kind of want to see, see, and I'll just pose a question to each one of you. If, if the other one knows the answer, feel free to be the other's lifeline. So we'll start. <laughs> um, can you name three films that Sean Connery played 007 in?
0: Oh, yeah, that's easy. Go. A Sean Connery films. Sean movie. Connery
2: films where you played James Bond, yes.
0: Yeah. Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger.
2: The first three. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So talking about Goldfinger, mm-hmm. Shirley Bassey did the song, the theme song for Goldfinger. She did two other James Bond theme songs. Do you know which movie she did the theme songs for?
0: You, you do. Well, yes, I do. Yeah. But you, you want to answer? You know no. it. Oh,
2: she uh, Diamonds Are Forever and Moonraker. That is correct. The only person to sing three Bond songs. Yeah. She holds the record for that. And we
1: just talked about that, but I'm like, oh, I can't remember.
2: <laughs> so let's do, a, let's do a lightning round. I'm going to say the movie, and you tell me which actor played Bond in that movie. We'll give that a shot.
0: Yipes. The I can probably do this one. Okay.
2: So let's start. The Living Daylights.
0: A Timothy Dalton. That's
2: correct.
1: How is this for either of us? Either one of oh. you. No, I'm going to You got this, <laughs> <jump laughs> You in, got like, this, like, I you know, got one be like Listen, I, is I is told mine. you. Free call.
2: All right. <laughs> How about The Man with the Golden Gun?
1: Is that Roger Moore? It is Roger Moore. Yes. Very
2: good. How about Live and Let Die?
1: It's also Timothy Dalton, isn't it? Mm. No, it's that guy.
0: It's Roger
2: Moore. It's also Roger Moore.
0: I watched it this morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> With the great theme song by uh, Paul McCartney and the Wings on that mm-hmm. one, that's, I love that's one of my favorites. Um, Casino Royale, Daniel Craig. That's correct. How about License to Kill, Timothy Dalton. That's correct. On Her Majesty's Secret Service.
1: Is that Roger Moore? George,
0: George Lesenby? Lazenby? Yes, Lazenby. Yes. George Lazenby. Yes. Yeah, the one, the only his one movie. Was, yep, George the Lazenby. Off,
2: the Australian male model that they haven't found to replace Sean Connery. <laughs> and then this one is a little bit of a tricky one. Never Say Never Again.
0: Sean Connery. That's correct. Yes.
2: And that is a I, remake of which Bond movie?
0: Oh. Mm, uh, you Only Live Twice? Thunderball.
2: Oh, because basically they remade it. Warner Brothers had that one, so it's not officially part of the Bond canon.
0: I was so confused when I was doing my research of Bond movies, and I saw that I had no idea that he came back and did this in the early '80s. Was it?
2: Yeah, '83. It came out the same year as Octopussy. Yeah, so we had two Bond movies from two separate Bonds in the theaters at the same that's time. That's so oh, odd that one to got me. Overshadowed then. I've, A
1: little I've, bit. That, that's not even the, my realm. I'm like, wait, yeah, wait, I
0: what? had no idea until I researched Hidden this.
2: Oh, yeah. Wow. And then there was the 1967 film, Casino Royale, which mm-hmm. was a spoof. Can you name three of the actors who played James Bond in that? And I say James Bond because all of them more or less were James Bond. Three of the actors from the movie, basically. Um.
0: 1967. Uh, yeah. Um, was Jerry Lewis one of them? No, not Jerry Lewis. Okay. we're have been but, the same era.
2: That's the correct time frame, though. Yeah. Why was
0: I thinking Jerry Lewis? Woody Allen?
2: You may have been thinking Woody Allen.
0: Uh, I see. I watched a thing recently where they talked about this, and I'm trying to remember the actors in it now, but now I don't remember who was in it.
2: It was also Peter Sellers. Oh,
0: yeah. That's and who. And
2: David Niven. Uh, Ursula Andrus, who was the Bond girl from Dr. No, also played James Bond in the movie because everybody was James Bond. and James the Bond. bad guy. Yeah. And Orson Welles was the bad guy.
0: That's right.
2: So it had Ugh. a really, really cool cast, but the Orson movie was West. kind of all over the place. It was mm. really bizarre. But if you get to see it, it's a fun movie to watch. Mm. Okay. So, but yeah, I will. So, what what did you learn about James Bond? We'll start with Shaza. What was, what was the biggest thing you learned about James Bond while you were doing your research for the show?
1: The biggest thing I learned about James Bond
2: something new that you didn't know before that impressed knew you. That I didn't know before. You knew it all before.
1: I mean, obviously, I knew every one of days those of Bond. questions. <laughs> yeah, that thirteen with days my, of Bond. Yeah, yes, <laughs>
2: no, no. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Nothing nothing that
0: sticks out. Nothing that sticks out. That sticks
2: out, Mm -hmm. Dixie.
0: I feel like I might have to censor myself. I uh, James Bond gets around a lot.
1: That's true. As someone just visiting the movies, yeah, he does get around quite a lot. He,
0: as someone who's like basically like a spy and always going after bad bad guys, he manages to uh,
1: make a lot of time.
0: Make a lot of time for the ladies, like Like free time. I'm like, wow, James, how do you have energy still? Like.
2: It's a very interesting <laughs> how you have time to be a spy and save the world when you're doing everything else. Yeah, basically you're Hugh
0: Hefner as yeah. a spy. Mm. That's
1: right. So.
2: <laughs> so we're talking about nerd and obviously you guys have done a lot of other stuff besides just James Bond, but you guys are you guys are nerds. You guys love the fandom. Definitely. So have you guys ever done, is there like a Doctor Who idea that you might have thought about or um, another? No,
1: uh, aliens, Star Wars. Love. Star Wars? Yeah. Aliens, uh Pop Wait. pop culture, pop, a lot of pop culture for stuff. me. We yeah. keep trying to get together and do an aliens duet. Yes,
0: we we have a concept. Well, she does an alien queen act. Oh, okay, the queen and yes. I actually have a Ripley cosplay, and I keep saying one of these days I'm going to do it as a nerdlesque act, and then we want to combine, like combine forces, <laughs> forces with the uh, aliens. Yes, it'd be hard to work the power loader
2: into that though. If you're going to be able to come out, you
0: know, sometimes. Uh, if you can dream it and someone can build it, maybe. Um,
1: I am the queen of craft she, home and
0: garbage. She really is. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. she can make just about anything. Mm-hmm.
2: So what is what is the costume that you're the most proud of of one you've done in the past, whatever nerd theme it show It probably was. is the Alien. Queen. Is it really? It okay. really
1: is the Alien Queen because I really leaned into not only the theme and the feel of the character itself, the Alien herself, but the inspiration art behind the Alien's film. So I'm a very big H.R. Giger fan. Mm-hmm. So that was mostly my inspiration for the direction that I took the costuming. So it's not a it's not a literal interpretation. Okay. Of the queen. She's more of a dominatrix feel. Very industrial. Hmm. Um, the costumes, it, it, like Giger's work, there's a lot of tubes involved. Okay. Tubes and wires and...
0: Tubes and wires. <laughs> they're <laughs> your best friend. <laughs> and nerdless. <they're> <laughs> and nerdless,
1: you know, craft foam for days. And, you know, the elements that, we, that I pulled to make the costume were definitely not things you would think of to turn into a sexy alien costume.
2: Yeah. yeah. when I think of the aliens from that movie, I don't really think of anything sexy, so that would be an interesting. I'd like to see how that all came together. It'd be very interesting to
1: see. Well, sexy means a lot of things to a lot of people. That's, That's
0: true. true. That's true. I I mean, I was going to say like sexy and nerdless. That can take on a many different so many. <laughs> many different ways. <laughs> it's
1: all about perspective.
0: Yes. And but, what about
2: like Pokémon's huge, especially like the Pokémon trading cards people are like buying those on eBay for like 30,000. It's almost making a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Pokémon Go. I would think those the different pokemon would lend themselves very nicely to costumes and stuff like that and there's all sorts of ways to play with there that. There was a
0: performer was there? that that well like a whole pokemon show was done. Yes, a few years a, whole, a yeah, couple whole, years ago. The whole show was themed. The whole themed.
1: show was pokemon <laughs> themed. Okay. I mean,
0: if it can pretty much I wanted to say if it can work at a con, it can be a nerdlesque mm-hmm. act or show.
1: Yeah, if you're I mean, cuz I started life as a cosplayer. So, okay. um that and it, and really leaning into more of the costume construction because that's what my brain that's what my brain likes so um, that's how I arrived and I kind of blended the two things together and I think it started with the queen but you know mm-hmm. I've done entire performances as Rick Sanchez so really so yeah <laughs> yes yeah entire performances <laughs> as Rick Sanchez me playing Rick playing a burlesker that makes sense <laughs> you know there are a lot of dimensions it's fine it sounds like it. So, that was for Shimmy Showdown, wasn't it, it? was Shimmy Showdown. Yeah,
0: and I uh, won the Shimmy Showdown basically being um, Sophia from the Golden Girls. Really? Yeah. So, so it, n- it, being, doing Nerdlesque yeah, actually just, apparently pays off yeah. in competition time. So yeah. it,
1: that we've done that show as, I've done it as Rick Sanchez, Louise <laughs> Belcher, and then I was uh, Strong Bad. From oh, Star nice.
2: Star. <laughs> uh.
1: So imagine doing burlesque in boxing gloves. That <laughs> happened.
2: I was just quoting Strong Bad the other day.
1: It's, uh, it, it's a great... part of my
3: electric
2: <laughs> So let's go over real quick. We've got about five minutes left, or four minutes. Uh, top five favorite geek, nerd things you'd like to do but haven't done yet. We'll start with Dixie.
0: Oh, well, Ripley's one. Um, I have a concept for um, Doctor Strange. Okay. That I, maybe one day... Um, oh, God, this is hard. The, you talk while I think
1: more. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I got a lot kicking around. So I, I really want to do a real, li- a real live Rick Sanchez as uh, doing actual chemistry on stage. Oh, I'm cool. A science That'd be fun. Yeah, 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 And I, my uh, older sister is a chemistry teacher at Western Kentucky University. And rather than a fire safety, I'm going to have a chemistry safety. So when you text your sister going, like, I need uh, instantaneous explosive but safe uh, reactions for, that coordinate with music, help me. And she's like, I got you. So eventually we'll bring a rinse I'll bring a real co- real chemistry Rick Sanchez. Um I want to do a Goku act. Okay. Yeah. Uh with uh flow em- elements like Glowpoi mm-hmm. as my Dragon Ball. So uh Goku. And then I want to do a Spider-Man. Um, you know, the Miles Morales Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but we use um like rope dart. So that's kind okay. like of the flow element. Yeah. Um and then uh I think the last one that I was thinking of kicking around was you know, I'm a big monster. I like to do monsters, classic monsters, and I have i a. a um, I'm the Wampa. I do a Wampa oh, nice. from Star Wars. So I'm <laughs> I may try to hit a do a Rancor.
2: Ooh, That'd be fun.
1: right. I, like I love I'm long claws. And
2: all about the Star Wars, pretty monsters.
0: I was thinking monsters like I have a Bride of Frankenstein act. I was thinking like old classic monsters. Yeah, classic <laughs> monsters. <laughs> I mean, classic
2: movie monsters. Man, that's all. That's yeah. A I mean, thing I've under already, I have I've a,
0: a I have a Bride of Frankenstein act that I pull oh, I have out at Halloween. We should just do a thing. We should
2: really quick. We've got just a couple of minutes left here. Uh, tell people if they want to keep up with the troupe. I know you guys have social media, and everything like that, where they can find the troupe. and if they want to follow you guys online. And let's repeat the website again. We'll start with Shaza. Uh,
1: all across all the platforms, we are the Bonbons Burlesque STL. So across Mm -hmm. all Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, website, uh, tweet at us, get at us, you know, leave us comments, come see our shows, throw money at us.
0: Send us messages. We'll respond. We love when people are interested in hiring us and booking (laughs) us at their venue. (laughs) Ask us
1: about Burlesque. We'd love to talk about it. Perfect. Um,
0: That's great. No,
2: I appreciate both of you coming in. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. And for those of you listening, again, we'll have the link in the show notes for tickets. It's August 6th is the date, correct? August, August 6th, August so 6th. you can see that here in St. Louis at the Red Flag. Uh, we will have information on that. Before we get out of here, I need to make sure I tell you about our official sponsor, the one who's been with us since the beginning, the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. If you're from the Greater St. Louis, St. Charles area and have not made the trip to St. Charles yet, I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot to see, a lot to do. If you're a history fan, you can go look at all the placards with all the George Washington slept here and Lewis and Clark drank here and all those kind of fun things. The food along Main Street alone, you could literally get cocktails at Tompkins House, go across the street for barbecue at salt and smoke, and then end up with a gooey butter milkshake down the street at Little O's. Uh, There's something for everyone. The unique shopping experience that we've always talked about if you're a Whovian, the English shop has Doctor Who stuff right there. Uh, you can get your Jelly Babies and Jammy Dodgers from them as well. There is something for everyone in the city of St. Charles, so I recommend you check out the website, which is again, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. And if you're from out of town, a lot of stuff to look forward to. The uh, Festival of the Little Hills is coming up here in just a few weeks. There's Legends and Lanterns. If you're a Halloween fan, that's something you have to come to town to experience and check that out. With all the living history characters you can interact with, it's family-friendly. It's fun for everybody. You think merry, not scary. And then, of course, the longest-running Christmas festival in the country goes on right after Thanksgiving through the day before Christmas. Christmas traditions, and literally, I'm not even kidding when I say people come from around the world to this festival. There's something for everybody. Check out the website at discoverstcharles.com for more information and to plan your trip now. As we always say, it's an historically good time. Thanks once again to my guests, Brett Hoffman from Marcus Theatres. And, of course, thanks to Dixie and Shaza of the Bon Bons for being in the studio. Until next week, my layer good night hey kids are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon
1: hi
3: I'm Chucky wanna play
2: well don't be selfish share some of that money with us
0: bit dot slash geek to me bit dot lee slash geek to me